I'm Richard. And I'm Gary. And these are our incredible stories. Hello and welcome back to all of our listeners from around the world and across the United States. We're happy to have you here with us again. And if you are new to our show, welcome. We hope that you like what you hear and go ahead and like and subscribe to our program so that every Friday you'll get to hear the latest episode of Richard and Gary's Incredible Stories. Now, uh, I see you have those same papers out as last week uh, that have some interesting facts on them. Uh and I remember we also talked about the, uh, what was it, the world's smartest man or the smartest man in America or something mm-hmm, like that? Probably in the world. More smart than uh, Albert Einstein. Oh, you know, I think he'd give Albert Einstein some uh, competition. Oh. Mm-hmm. In his day and time, there was nobody uh, that could possibly be his equal. Oh, I wonder who it was. All right. Well, let's get to it. Um he was probably the most amazing and most multi-talented man who had ever lived. Now, that's pretty something to say about it. Oh, that is. That is. Uh, the, Gary, there was hardly anything he couldn't do. Oh. Uh-huh. He could do it all. And I know you're familiar with him to a certain extent, but I think this evening I'm going to blow your mind with some of the other things you do not know about him. Okay. His name was... Ben Franklin, Benjamin Franklin. We've talked about Benjamin Franklin in the past. He was one of the signers of the Declaration Uh of Independence, and that alone would uh, put him at the forefront of American history. Yeah, well, last time we talked about Benjamin Franklin, we talked about how his feelings towards the eagle were um, not very kind, and he felt that the turkey should have been our national bird bird. represented the United States of America, even though we eat. That said bird every Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. Christmas and Easter and whenever we just feel like having a great turkey sandwich. Yep. He thought that uh, the turkey would be great on the national seal, but that's one of the uh, discussions he actually lost. And he did not lose very many discussions in his life because he was so brilliant. He was such a genius that um, this is probably one of maybe less than a handful of setbacks he might have ever Um, incurred in his lifetime. Oh, really? Yeah. Now, he didn't have any formal education, by the way. He started out life as a a printer's apprentice in a a printing shop. So he was a self-made genius. Yeah, yeah. And so usually uh, the apprentice system back then in the uh, colonial uh, times, uh, you started off as an apprentice, and then you got to the journeyman stage, and then you got to the master craftsman stage. They had three stages. Uh, but uh, he started off as an apprentice, but by the time he was 40, and I assume he started off as a, an apprentice around 14, that's when they usually did. So uh, let's say 26 years later, by the time he was 40, he was a millionaire. Oh. And he actually was able to retire from business. Now, uh, probably there's never been a man in the history of the world with as many varied talents. Are you ready for this? Uh, yeah. He was a writer. You knew that. I did know that. Did you know that he was a cartoonist? I did not know that. You knew that he was an inventor. Yeah. You knew that he was a scientist. Yeah. 
a diplomat, uh-huh. a farmer, yep. a publisher, mm-hmm. a linguist, yep. a soldier, Ooh, yeah. a statesman. Mm-hmm. Did you know he was a botanist? No, I had no idea. A zoologist? Well, I mean, he did like turkeys, so that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, they say that's one of the dumbest birds in existence. I, I'm not sure why he picked the turkey. Uh, anyways, he was a politician. Uh, he was a storekeeper. Did you know that he was a fire chief? No, I couldn't imagine him yeah. being a fire chief. Yeah, he was a printer. He even was a composer. Well, now, I did know that because uh, he, I believe he's the one that uh, developed the instrument that uses glass bowls in the same way that you would use uh, your finger on a crystal glass mm-hmm. to make a resonance uh, mm-hmm. type sound. Uh, if I remember correctly, he developed an instrument that worked off the same principle and it had a rotating uh, yeah, and cylinder name, and it you could make music with it. That name is floating around the back of my mind now. I can't think of it. I Callia, can see it. Callia something or the, you know, but I just, it's just not coming. I'll look <laughs> it up. Hang on. All That's right, why we you, have Google. See if you can find it. Um, so I have gone over, uh, a few of his many talents, but also he founded the first hospital in America. Really? Yeah. He invented daylight savings time. Nope. I'm not happy about that. <laughs> and he cha- uh, started the first chartered fire insurance company in the United States. This guy did everything. Uh, that <clears throat> excuse me that instrument that we were talking about it's called the uh, glass harmonica glass harmonica mm-hmm. okay that's simple enough glass harmonica mm-hmm. and uh, but i see another one that it says harmonica a r m o n i c a that could be too that harmonica. that might have been that yeah that might have been the official name of it's the got two names so mm-hmm. one is glass harmonica mm-hmm. and the other is glass yeah. harmonica well, trace it back to Benjamin Franklin, mm-hmm. the man who chartered the uh, first uh, fire insurance company in the United States. There you go. But, Gary, that's not all. Benjamin Franklin invented the rocking chair. Oh, okay. Well, I'll forgive him for the daylight savings time because mm-hmm. I do like me a good rocking, rocking chair. chair. I think we mentioned that once before. Uh, he invented bifocal glasses. Okay, useful. Yeah. He invented a stove that kept all the fireplace heat from going up the chimney. Was that the potbelly stove? I don't know, uh, but it was a 1700 stove that kept the feet in, uh, it kept the heat inside rather than go up the chimney. And he he had a combination chair uh, with a large desk arm that's still used in colleges and high school classrooms. Really? Yeah, probably not as much anymore, but do you recall what I'm talking about? It has kind of a, a desk, and it's the chair that has kind of a desktop. Oh, the, the arm that swings up and yeah, swings down. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, that's yeah. That's yeah. probably not in use much anymore. No, no, it's <clears> still in use. Uh, every time uh, I have to do a training at one of the local colleges for whatever we have to uh, learn. You see them there. They pop up, and um, I can't tell you how many times I've hit my knee on that. So now he's back off my list. <laughs> um, let's talk about some of the things he founded. He founded the University of Pennsylvania. He started the Saturday Evening Post, and we still have a subscription to this day to Benjamin Franklin's magazine, the Saturday Evening Post. Didn't he ask to do the Poor Richard's Almanac? Yes, he did. He started the first public library in America, too. And this is going to blow your mind. He invented the electric battery. Oh, how about that? These are things that most people 
don't know about Benjamin I didn't know Franklin. about the battery. No. And that stove yeah. that we were talking about, it's called, you want to know what the name of it is? Mm-hmm. It's the Franklin stove. Oh, of course. Of course. What why, else would Why you would it be it? named anything else? The Franklin stove created by Benjamin Franklin, invented by him. Uh, and he was the, he drew the very first newspaper cartoon. So anybody who uh, reads the cartoons in the newspapers, they can trace the cartoons all the way back to Benjamin Franklin. Now, in addition to all of what we've uh, presented this evening, he had time left over to be one of the uh, first dreamers of the United States of America. He signed that Declaration of Independence. He was 70 years old when he did. He was ambassador to France. He was the man who convinced France to help the colonies in their fight for freedom. And despite all of this, Gary, he didn't work all the time. Even at 80, he had an eye for a pretty girl. Even at 80. He always had time to laugh. They say he was a fine swimmer. He loved good food and wine. He was quite a man, Benjamin Franklin. And uh, so I would have to say he's one of my favorite founding fathers because, in my mind, truly a genius and just unbelievable. His lifetime was certainly full. Oh, you can say that again. He led a full life and uh, a nice long one at that. Now, uh, one of the people he knew was George Washington, who was the commander of the Continental Army during the Revolutionary War. And just as a, a little side note on that, Did you know that more than a third of the soldiers that were in the Continental Army were Irish? Oh, I had no clue. George Washington liked Irish fighting men. Uh, On March 17, 1775, at Valley Forge, he told his troops, I am a lover of St. Patrick's Day. And he ordered an extra ration of rum for every man in the camp. They started to love the Irish, too. Oh, really? (laughs) Now, the, the Irish did play a large part in, in the making of the United States. The old records reveal that exactly 494 soldiers were named Murphy, who fought in the American Revolution, and 695 soldiers named Kelly were under General Washington's command. Really? That's a lot of Irish. I, I would say it is. Yeah, yeah. So we'll end this evening's incredible facts um, with a couple uh, little zingers that probably no, no one has heard of before. We, I've got three for us this evening. The official notification of his nomination for the presidency of the United States was sent to Zachary Taylor by mail in 1848. Okay. The letter arrived with postage due, and Taylor refused to accept it. So it was a month later before he learned that he was actually the president (laughs) (laughs) because he he refused a letter with postage due. Yes, yes, Gary, that's true. (laughs) I know you're staring at me in disbelief. Mm -hmm. Unbelievable. At the uh, end of the Civil War, more than 1,000 Union soldiers received disability pensions for injuries received from kicking mules during the conflict. Wait, wait, because they kicked a mule or because they were kicked by a mule? I don't know. That's pretty ambiguous. (laughs) Uh, Maybe they kicked the mules. You know how stubborn they're supposed to be. 
That's true. Mm-hmm. That's true. But I could, uh, yeah. I could imagine being injured very severely by a mule who decides to kick because it's not wanting to move or and be of pr- any use. And President Andrew Jackson's wife, Rachel, she she didn't care what kind of image uh, she set being first lady. She she smoked a corn cob pipe. Really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And last but not least, listen to this. Kentucky was a divided state during the Civil War. Half the citizens were for the North. The other half tended toward the South. Okay. Mm -hmm. Kentucky was the birthplace of 65 Union generals and 38 Confederate generals. That's a lot of Civil War generals from one state. Uh, Yeah, it is. Over 100 from one state. And both Abraham Lincoln and Jefferson Davis, the Confederate president, were both born in Kentucky. Wow. Mm-hmm. So that concludes our incredible facts for this evening. And hopefully our friends um, around the United States and around the world uh, heard some things that got them smiling. Oh, I'm sure they did. And uh, probably a few things they had no idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little, a little something to relieve the stress in your everyday life and... Uh, ponder about some of these things that are unique, interesting, and not necessarily earth-shattering. <laughs> definitely not earth-shattering, <laughs> but definitely interesting. Yeah. All right, well, until next time. I'm Richard. I'm Gary. And here were some really incredible facts. <laughs>